Mom, where are my cleats? Dad, are you going to be able to come to my play? <sighs> he forgot his lunch today? I have a science project due tomorrow. Hey, Mom, can I have some friends what over? What time does the game start? Can we please? Am I driving or are you driving? She has a performance The laundry that is out Why of can't control. I where from? is his jersey? Welcome to the Victory Couch Podcast with Rick and Julie Rando. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Victory Couch. My name is Julie Rando. And I'm Rick Rando. And we made it. We are here. We're here with all of you. We're on the couch, we Jules. We it. We're here. It actually feels very victorious this <laughs> evening. <laughs> it somehow always does. Yeah. Well, that's kind of the point, right? That is the point. We made it to the couch, and hopefully you are on your couch or wherever you're joining us from, just so you can relax and enjoy our banter and our uh, our celebration of the uh, of the week. Yeah, guys. And we just want to just put it out there and ask, if you haven't yet, Make sure you go to any place that you listen to the podcast, Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Podcast, and if you could leave us a review, that would be fantastic. I mean, seriously, just pause us right now, head on over. It truly, like as new podcasters, we can't tell you how much it really does help to get the word out about what we're talking about and for people to discover us. and. Yeah. Grab a seat with us on the Victory Couch. So, There's always room for more guests yes. on the couch. Yes. So we just wanted to um, put that out there. Say thanks for those of you who have done a review. And I uh, just say it really, truly helps us out. So thanks for doing that. And if you haven't yet, if you're a listener, please just go ahead and shoot us a quick review. That'd be awesome. Yeah. And you always can connect with us on social media, too. So, um, you know, I know we're on Facebook and Instagram and, and, and that kind of thing. So reach out. Let us know uh, your thoughts. Let us know what you'd like us to talk about or any um, questions you want us to hit each other with. And speaking of that, if you don't know... Um, how the format of the Victory Couch actually works. I bring two questions to Julie that she's never heard, and she brings two questions to me that I have never heard, and we chat about uh, about her answers. Um, so, Jules, I'm going to let you go uh, first this week. What do you got for sure. me? Sure. Okay, so our children are heavily involved in lots of things, okay? Obviously, they're both in school, but they're also heavily involved in a lot of things. And one thing I had a friend... Uh, discussed with me recently was how do you support your kid in a skill or like an activity they're into where you know nothing or very little about <laughs> and this is one that I know you have some insights on I love this question so, yeah how do you support your kid in a skill or activity you know nothing or very little about so I'm going to go right when our son is two and I'm going to go right to baseball so Julie was the parent that put the baseball bat in our son's hands, would pitch to him in the backyard, and he would hit like two and a half, three years old. He would be able to make yeah. contact with the ball, and it just kind of, it honestly kind of blew me away of the hand-eye coordination of a toddler. But um, so anyway, we we go to t-ball, and we're 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 going on um, as as he's getting older, and there we are. <laughs> we're, we're playing baseball. I personally have never played baseball. My parents never took me to a baseball game. 
Um, you know what? As a kid, I'd always drive by Lions Park and um, watch the kids play Little League Baseball. And I kind of always secretly wanted to play, but I, I guess, I don't know, just, I'm a, I was an indoor kid. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> so um, when when Lawson starts playing, of course, I'm an involved parent. I'm, I'm going to coach. So I got two words for you, YouTube, uh, which technically I think is one word, but that's how I would say would we would be step one, is if you're a parent and you have a child with an activity that you have no idea about, YouTube, YouTube, YouTube. So I know that I had to YouTube what was a fair ball and a foul ball mm -hmm. when they would have me down at first base. I would have to, uh, you know, uh, YouTube what the positions were called and how many uh, players you could have on the on the field. Uh, and then also, you know, different runs. And of course, now he's getting older of the pitch count and are you allowed to lead and steal and, and, and all that stuff. Even what the, inf uh, the infield fly rule is. I had no idea what that was. So YouTube is a perfect um, starter point. But I think that the other thing, the major thing is that you have to you have to show that you care. Right. And I think that's probably the most important thing um, other than you know, knowledge about what you're getting into. Because you have to know if you're going to play an outdoor activity, well, you're going to get ready for sunscreen, you know, days at the field. You're going to have to have chairs. You're going to have to have possibly tents. You're going to have to know, um, you know, you know where, where to sit and, and how to cheer and why, when to cheer. And, I mean, it's, it's not just that you're going to show up, um, you know, and, and do a couple, you know, uh, games and, and, and that kind of thing. You really have to know what you're getting into. And then if they do a travel sport, and we're just talking about sports right now. That's a whole other level. So the first thing is YouTube. Second thing is you really have to get involved. And I think the only way to do that is just to immerse yourself in that, whatever that is. You know, our son is a huge Dodgers fan. And I, I have no idea. We, I personally have never been to L.A. Um, you know, we're not from California. I don't really know how he became a Dodgers fan other than uh, Miss Jenny. Hello. You know who you are out there. Um, but... I guess, you know, when he sits down and watch a Dodgers game, you know, I have two choices. I can, you know, say, hey, can we turn on something else? Or I can just immerse myself and try to learn the players and, you know, get the culture and some of their team mm -hmm. chants and that kind of thing. It's the same way thing, thing for soccer. But our daughter, you know, she also does a lot of acting. So I was never an actor, um, never was into plays, although Julie was. So it's the same thing. You have to sort of immerse yourself. You're, I'm, I find myself watching musicals. I, for the first time, I saw Shrek the musical. I'd never seen that. I was not really a big fan. Same thing with Newsies. You know, she's been in some of these plays. So, you know, we're watching the plays. So, one, she can learn the lines and understand what it is because she still is pretty young. But also, like, we want to support what she's doing. So I think number one is YouTube. Number two is immerse yourself mm -hmm. and just jump in. And the third thing is just show up and smile regardless of how they do, regardless of what the score is, regardless of whether they kick the kick the kick kick a goal or score a home run. doesn't matter. I think Julie does something pretty amazing, which is at the end of each game, she always says to our son, I really love watching you play. And I think that puts the emphasis on the play part not, I really love watching you win, or I really hate watching you lose. I really love watching you hit. I really hate when you strike out. Like, those are sort of, um, you know, opposing, uh, mm -hmm. opposing things. And I think you're sending the wrong message when the value is just placed in the, um, the win or just placed in the action.
right. of success. Yeah. So there's plenty of time for that, you know, as we get older. But um, but yeah, that's what I would say. What did I miss, mm, Jules? That's so good. I like everything you've said. This is one that obviously I've witnessed you with some sports that you didn't grow up playing that our son's really into. Um, and you have jumped in very flawlessly to sports you knew nothing about. And it's been interesting to watch. I mean, before our kids were even born, I, of course, had the thought of like, oh, man, if they're into karate, like, I don't know a whole lot at all. I, I mean, obviously, their dad's like the pro. And that's tricky for me, you know. But I know some things. I don't know a lot, but I know some things. You've seen the karate kids, so that's good. <laughs> hey, I've been to a handful of black belt exams. I've been to many more since before we had children. But, you know, I, I can handle at least intro class level um, terminology and some basics. So, yeah, I remember, I remember some stuff. Yeah, you do, you do all right. Yeah, I do. Okay, I certainly could, could pour into it more. But, you know, there's certain things that, that we witness our kids doing or something they're interested in. And while it would be so easy in life if our kids did exactly what we did or exactly what we were into, you know, obviously we'd, we'd know so much, but it's not about us. And that's one thing as a parent that is a constant reminder that it's not about us. You know, our daughter plays an instrument that I don't play. You know, our son plays multiple sports that I never played. And it's one of those things, like it takes me back to when my nephew was really, really young. I mean, he's in his uh, mid twenties now, but I think back to my nephew in, um, in his early childhood with Pokemon cards, for example. And my gosh, he was so into Pokemon cards. And I remember, uh, it's funny because when our boy, you know, comes along and he gets into Pokemon cards. And I remember I had the saying, I used to say, pretending to, to know Pokemon since 1997. And it's just kind of a joke that I would utter because, not in front of the child, of course, but what I meant by that was, I know nothing about this. I still don't understand it decades later, but it mattered to them, you know? And it's one of those things where it's not like, oh, Aunt Julie's not into that, or, you know, <laughs> mom doesn't do that. It's one of those, it's like, well, hey, does that matter to you? All right. I'll be there for you. I'll watch you. I may not understand it all. I may not get it all, but I think you had really good advice. It's like, hey, just show up. Just be there. You know, be there. Make time for it. You certainly take it multiple steps further with like YouTubing, you know, all kinds of ways <laughs> and getting private lessons. Like, you know, you'll seek out, okay, where where can we get extra help? You know, because you get to the point where you're like, hey, I've taken it as far as I can. Like, who's the best at this and who can help them out? And we've you know, been privileged to be able to do things like that for our kids. But it's one of those scenarios where I either reflect on our um, parenting or I talk to friends of mine who have younger kids who are just starting to figure out like, hey, what are they into? And oh my gosh, how did your kids into golf? Like, man, I never played golf or oh, tennis. Like, how'd she get into tennis or whatever it is? I think the number one thing I would say is let it be their thing. Let it yeah. be about the kid. And, and, you know, in team sports, it's really hard to, to watch that yeah. because it's often not, right? It's not. And you see, um, I've seen multiple ways to coach, um, in, in a positive way. And I've seen multiple ways to coach in a negative way. Yeah. And it can't be 
the, the beautiful part about doing a sport or coaching a sport that you've never played is it's never about you because you're just trying to, you know, make sure everybody shows up on time and that you, you're not doing anything stupid, you know. But I have coached soccer and, and not played. I have coached baseball almost every year. I've coached baseball I was, was yeah. for, for like seven years. I've never played ever. I'm just built like that. Yeah. I just can't step back and be like, ah, I'll just do it half. <laughs> you know, I'm all in, you know. So I anyway. know you are, babe. Anyway. Yeah. So you actually said something earlier that lent, it's going to lead into my question. Okay. You said earlier, you said that our daughter plays an instrument that you don't play. Mm-hmm. And my question is for you, it's the first question on okay. the list, uh, ironically enough, is there an instrument oh my gosh. you wish you knew how to play? Yeah. Right here it is. That's yeah. my question. Okay. So our daughter plays ukulele and she just started playing guitar. Um, while I have taken guitar lessons before, it was very, very, very short-lived. It was for part of a summer, and I just fiddle around a little. It's a very uncomfortable instrument to me. I grew up with piano lessons from the time I was seven up until, I don't know, I guess I played till about 14 or so, and I had a very impactful piano teacher. In fact, she was at our wedding and um, I love piano. It's nothing that I practice till my fingers hurt. You know, I had a really, uh, my parents pretty low key on that kind of stuff. And I just played, you know, as much as I wanted to and all that kind of stuff. But guitar's one that, to answer your question, it's, it's my favorite instrument. Mm-hmm. I love the sound of it. I love the simplicity of it. Maybe it's a tie between a guitar and a mandolin. I think either of those. Um, on my dad's side of the family, they were actually very musical. My dad's mom played piano and my dad's dad played multiple instruments, including mandolin and guitar and I think hmm. banjo. He played the banjo? My grandfather, my dad's dad. Mm-hmm. Cool. He played the mandolin. I think I think banjo as well, but he definitely played the mandolin, played guitar. There's some photos that I've seen before. Um, so there's some musicianship on dad's side of the family. And um, I'm not so sure about moms. I don't know. But definitely on dad's side of the family. And yeah, piano is one that I know my dad's mom played. And, um, you know, I grew up in. But I've always admired guitar. It's my favorite. So, yeah, that's simple for me to answer. I wouldn't say I've never played it before. But I've attempted to play it and not overly successful. So we have one. I fiddle around with it every now and then. But, yeah, it's really hard for me. It doesn't feel comfortable and... I'm not one where I'm like, man, I'm going to sit here and keep going. And I'm just kind of like, yeah, I think that was good to try. And I'll just kind of do it the way I want to and then go over to the keys and play it because I can. So that's how it is on the right side of the couch. Yeah. All right. For you, Richard. You know, here's the deal. Instruments. Okay. So there's one instrument I think that I would do just about anything if I could go back in time and make myself learn at a young age, and that is the violin. The violin, okay? But not like the the sweet, like you know, symphony. serenading. I, I want like aggressive. Have you ever seen like... Um, Electric? I, I don't know, like these, these like, um, I don't know, more modern uh-huh. violinists that, you know, are really, you know, moving their arms and they're, ag- I don't know, aggressive yeah. is the word I... Like a street uh, performer who's yeah, playing, like, kinda. electric violin. 
No, oh, not electric. Okay, then I don't quite know. I'm I'm talking about like you know you have the sweet sound of like the serenading those slow melodic. Okay. You know, like that's one thing. Okay, you know, like um, the Titanic is sinking. I don't know if you remember that scene. And the guys that is the quartet. They're they're playing. Um, I forget what the name of the song is as the as the Titanic is going down. But I mean that that's one version. I'm talking about like. Um, staccato notes i mean i'm talking like short and mm-hmm. loud and just you know like that's the kind of violin okay, that so I aggressive wanna, violin aggressive violin okay. yes aggressive violin right i'm sure there's plenty out there and you yeah. know you could i mean hey have you ever tried violin i have never tried the violin okay. um i understand it's a very pricey instrument to uh potentially try and have sit in a corner so you know you'd want to start like when you're little when you know your neighbor tries it and they quit and then you buy it you know on the cheap um to see but um yeah i've never really actually priced a violin but i'm sure that they're i think you could handle it i think i could handle playing the violin i think you'd it sounds like a good christmas present julia it also feels like 2023's goals sitting right there (laughs) right in front of you well, I have a couple other things in the hopper okay. for 2023, right. but I would say violin. Okay, so listen, if you're out there and you are a violinist and you have some tips for me, I'll, I'll take them. You know, YouTube could teach you a little bit about the YouTube, violin. You can learn anything from YouTube, <laughs> and I am proof of that. I would agree. All right, so over to me. All right, something that we attended pretty recently was our kids back to school night at the local elementary school. I love back to school night. And, you know, we both have shared before that we come from educators. Rick's mother is a retired school teacher of many, many, many years. I think 36, if I remember correctly. Yes. And um, my mother started uh, teaching in New Jersey for a year and um, ended up as an assistant teacher in Maryland for I think 26 years, something like that, any which way. But we love teachers. We've shared that before. And going to back to school night tonight just made me really proud because I love our kids' school. I think there's a lot of great energy there. They're such dedicated educators. And our daughter's teacher is new to the school. And I was incredibly impressed with her. So it leads me to the question, and this is very, very basic, but at the root or the base of it all if you could give me just a couple things that make a great teacher great what would you say that they are number one they have to care Mm. they got to care so i think all teachers listen i'm gonna i'm gonna just lay it out here right now teachers don't teach for the money definitely teachers don't teach for the signing bonus for the summers off for the free parking space outside (laughs) of the school okay Let me just tell you, most teachers, 99.9 teach because they are passionate about student growth. They love kids. They have a mission to inspire and that God put them on the planet to connect, build, or rebuild future leaders of Mm -hmm. tomorrow. Okay? All right. So now with all of that said, there still are teachers that sometimes they show up, but they're not involved and, and so, there's some out there that just don't care. They have their eye on the calendar, which means they can't wait until two and a half years pass by because that's when they're going to retire. Mm-hmm. And that's dangerous for a kid. Yeah. Okay, so number one, in my opinion, you have to have somebody that cares and they care for the mission, not necessarily the title of being a teacher. Mm. 
okay? Because if, you have, if you're going to be a teacher, you also then have the title of being a retired teacher. If you're focused on the title, you miss the mission. And the mission is to, you know, empower kids, all right? So number one, you got to have somebody that cares. Number two, you have to have somebody that is good at communicating, hmm. right? So right. communicating with the kids, communicating uh, expectations with the parents, and then also um, ways that you can get in touch with them on a personal level, not necessarily, you know, to find out personal stuff, but if they make themselves available, um, that's a good sign. Some people don't want to be contacted about your problems from <laughs> your family, but that just means that they don't care, you know, mm-hmm. because my kid is going to be, or our, our kid is going to be in your presence for six and a half, seven hours every day. More than we get to see him. Yeah. More than, right? And they're going to get to know our child better than, or just as much as we know them over the course of the year. So having an open dialogue about the best way to serve them or any deficiencies in their learning or little you know habits that we need to help correct at home to help them learn better, I'm all for that. So right. communication, communication, communication. And I'll just do one more. I think the personality of the teacher really has to be of service and also grace, okay, especially at the elementary school level because kids are going to mess up yeah. and they are going to make mistakes. They are going to learn a different way. They are going to have some tears over, over math problems, right? But you really have to have a teacher that's going to be, you know, empathetic to their situation. I mean, just look at COVID. I mean, we are yeah. light years behind where we need to be with these kids. So teachers have to understand, hey, they might be a little slower. That's okay. They might learn a little differently. That's okay. They might not read as strong as maybe, you know, the group that they had four years ago. That's okay. Okay. But the teacher has to show up with the mission in mind of inspiring a child. I remember the name of every single one of my teachers, every single one. I've talked yeah. about this before, every single one of my teachers. And I know the really, really good ones. Mm-hmm. And I was lucky. I had a lot of really good teachers. And I know the ones that were looking at the calendar, you right. know, and yeah. there definitely is a difference. All right, Jules, what do you think? What makes a good teacher? Yeah. The very, very, very first thing that I go to is how they interact with our child. And, I don't get to see that too often, but on nights, you know, like a back to school night where you get to see it, it's, I think, like you said, it's the care you can, and I've shared this before. You can tell, like I can, I can sniff out someone who's authentic and someone who's just putting on. Yeah. And to me, observing is just, it's so powerful. And, you know, we, I've shared a little bit about Enneagram before, but I identify as an Enneagram five. And that's someone who is an investigator, is an observer, just really pays attention to things. And seeing how the teacher interacts, not just with our child, but with other children. Mm -hmm. The one whose parent isn't in the classroom, the one whose older sibling brought them. I'm watching if she's showing enough care to that child who she has no one in that room to impress that's connected yeah, she's to that not, kid. she's not on in that moment. Right. And I saw that. And, and it's those moments where it's like, how are they connecting with our child? And how are they connecting with other kids? And I was very impressed so far. I mean, it's early in the school year. But yeah, I think how basically, uh, you know, whether or not the teacher cares. Mm-hmm. Whether or not the the student matters, you can see that really, really, really quickly. Something else, I agree with you on communication. Um, we've had teachers before who set up a you know kind of like a cell phone just for their students' um, p- 
parents and guardians. And I think that's just amazing. You know, everyone these days is using um, sometimes apps like Class Dojo and, and things of that nature. And, and that's really helpful. I mean, sometimes it's like another app on your phone. But knowing, oh, okay, here's what they did well today. And, you know, here's just having those updates. I do enjoy that. So, I mean, I think you, you hit the nail on the head and I have to agree with you on those top two things. But to me, it's, you know, how are they showing care? How are they connecting with our kid, the other children in the class and touching base with us? And, and the really outstanding teachers that we've had understand how fast paced our lives are have shown us grace, have welcomed, um, you know, our generosity, have welcomed our generosity of time or of supplying things for the classroom or whatever it is. And um, just been really gracious. I think a nice, gracious teacher who, uh, you know, is just, like you said, there to serve and um, gets it, really gets yeah, it. Yeah, I would also say they have to be a problem solver, <laughs> okay? And you had mentioned earlier, you know, that, you know, our lives are a little crazy, so... You know, um, be, the ability to solve problems is, I think, indicative of a good leader. And if you're talking about a teacher, a teacher in school, you know, that's that's one thing. But if you're talking about a teacher in life, a mentor, mm -hmm. they have to know how to present problems and be able to solve problems. So being a problem solver is good. You know, just for example, you know, we do a summer camp every multiple summer camps. And if you have a child that forgets their lunch... Okay, that's a problem. So being able to try to get mom or being able to try to, you know, contact grandma. Okay, well, you can't get anybody and it's lunchtime. How do you solve the problem? Right, right. Like, what do you do? Do you just like let them starve? You know, no, a good teacher, a great teacher solves the problem. Right. You know, okay, I'm going to go ahead and, and buy them lunch from the school as long as they don't have food, food allergies, yada, yada. And then connect with the teacher or t connect with the parent and say, Listen, this was the problem. This is how I solved it. And crisis averted. Okay, now you owe me like $1.99 for, you know, a lunch. Or when they really truly serve, which teachers, believe me, my mother has bought a thousand lunches. They say, you know what? Don't worry about it. Mm -hmm. Just maybe, you know, make a donation of glue, you know, when you get a chance or colored paper or cardstock or something like that. And we'll just call it even. You know, or just come in and read to the kids, you know, a couple times, you know, whatever. It, whatever. it doesn't have to yeah. be, you know, tit for tat. But what it does have to be, show is that there was a problem as a parent. Listen, I, hey, Timmy forgot his lunch today. Don't worry. Don't worry. I took care of it. This is what I did. And those are the best teachers. Yeah. Well, that goes all back to caring, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. yeah. Problem solver. Okay. So pretty cool question here because it kind of piggybacks again. We don't know what we're going to ask each other, but it piggybacks on, you know, being a good teacher or a good mentor. And my question is really simple. There's a lot of negative thinking in the world. There's a lot of negativity. You turn on the news. Everything is, is always, you know, here are your problems and who, here's who to blame for them, you know? So here's, here's my, my question to you. What's the biggest or most impactful quote or saying or piece of advice that you've been given to combat negative thinking mm. or negativity towards you. Oh my gosh. That's really tough just to not be able to Google quickly. <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't have to give me like an exact, exact quote, quote, you know, like Benjamin Franklin said <laughs> this. Okay. To but combat to, negativity. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, is, there a, is there a mantra that you give yourself? Is there something that you say to yourself? Is there something that you, you, you just have solidified in your head when somebody comes at you where you can just say, ah, yeah. namaste or something? I don't know. What, yeah. what, where, where are you at with that? Um, there's a couple. In, in order for me to calm myself to move forward in that situation, the two words, just breathe, mm-hmm. are very helpful. In oh, fact, good. I had that um, in my office for for some years. It was gifted to me by a colleague, and uh, I recently re-gifted it to someone who needed to hear those two words. So um, that's how I would start. Another one is something I say often, and it's actually on our website for Victory Couch, and that's do you and be you. And that is a very concise way to not let other people's opinions frazzle you Mm. and it also gives permission for the person who's sitting opposite of you to acknowledge that they are different than you and they can they have permission of course to be exactly who they are Um, I think that's the quickest way that I can in my brain very very quickly with just a couple words just breathe which allows me to center myself and realize that in the moment there are bigger things and it's just just a quick way. It's a quick way to think, okay, let's let's move beyond this. Let me just breathe. And then once I get on the other side of that, I think the quickest way to combat negativity and to approach things in the most authentic space, both for yourself and the person across from you, is that simple phrase, do you and be you. It, it really does. It gives yourself permission to be who you are and freedom and independent nature, which I'm all for. And then allows you to realize, hey, that person has the same exact value as I do, and they can just be them and do them. And that's probably the quickest way I would say that. There are lots of beautiful quotes in the world. Unfortunately, I cannot Google one of them. But those (laughs) would be the first things that pop in my mind that helped me in those circumstances. You know, what's funny is that I was having a couple stressful days at work, probably, I don't know, it's been about a year ago now. And Dylan wrote on a um, a sticky note, just this. breathe. Yeah. And she put it underneath my mouse pad. Mm. So I, my mouse pad was, was, it was, I don't know, it was odd. It kept moving one day. Mm. I was like, what the heck? So I pick it up and it says under there in her handwriting, yeah. just breathe. Yeah. So, hey, if it's good That's enough right. for at that time, the seven-year-old or six-year-old to tell you, um, I think it's good enough for, you know, isn't there, isn't that amazing how kids can just simplify even the most complex problem? Yes. We should listen to kids more. They can sense just breathe. a lot. They just can breathe. Sense. Mom, dad, just breathe. It's going to be okay. And hey, sometimes it goes back to what their teachers are telling them in school. Those words of wisdom, those little nuggets that yeah. they pass on back to us, which is a gift of awesome teachers. Yeah, absolutely. Boy, we've, we've, we've. We just closed did a full this circle. loop, didn't we? High five on that. Yeah, man. Yeah, we awesome. Did it. We did it. Well, I, I have one that I use. Um, and I guess the first time I was attacked on social media mm-hmm. was pretty traumatic. My mom read what somebody wrote about me, and it was pretty disgusting. And she she got so upset. She said, Well, who is this person? And where are they from? And, you know, how do they know you? And I'm like, Mom, I have no idea. 
you know, it was it was a random, you know, uh, name and number. It wasn't even like, you know, it was like Big Booty 42. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, like, I don't know who Big Booty Booty 42 is. You know, hey, Big Big Booty 42, if you're out Stop there. It. Okay. Show yourself. Okay. My mom wants to meet you and yell at you. Just to clarify, that is not the account. Okay. <laughs> yes. On. I'm just saying, like, it was a fake yeah, it, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't like it wasn't real, you know, okay. Joe's martial arts school yeah. or something. Yeah. And it was some some place from the Midwest, you know. So mm. that's at least that's where it said they were from. So you know, like this person that you don't know, that you that has never met you, have no idea. They're bashing you, um, and it's kind of like, well, wait a minute here. That's negativity coming at you, mm-hmm. but it's like, why are you going to listen to a criticism? from someone that you would not take advice from. And it's like, hmm, I like that quote. Why are you gonna listen to somebody, somebody's negativity, if you wouldn't seek them for their their advice in the first place? Yeah, that's really so, good. So that's one. But I think the most impactful one for me, at least, is that you're never going to be criticized by someone doing more than you, only by someone doing less. And I have to constantly remind myself of that. that. Listen, that people that tend to criticize other people usually are the the talkers. They're not necessarily the doers. Because if you're a doer, you're too busy to criticize other people. Or you know how hard it is to either mobilize something or create something or build something. So it's funny that in life, when people are criticizing your momentum, it's because they lack it themselves. So you can't listen to someone that you wouldn't take advice from in the mm-hmm. first place. I like that. So those are my my two big ones as far as like negativity is concerned. You know, there's a lot of other with work ethic and, you know, being able to stand out and things like that. But negativity is a it's plentiful in 2022 sure right now. And uh, it's hard to sort of distance yourself because everybody has an opinion. Everybody has a cell phone. Everybody has a social media app. And the other thing that you can do, and I'll just tell you how to silence it, is block, block, block. Just block those people out. Delete the contact. Get them out of your life. Cut the suckers. Snip the suckers. Energy suckers, fire starters. Snip those suckers right out. Well said, Richard. Thank you. Well said. All right. Give me your couch crumb of the week, Juliana, since we're talking about negativity. All right. What do you got today? Well, my couch crumb is going to actually also share something that I haven't shared yet. And that is the fact that I missed my tap class this week. Ooh. Tell us. Tell us. I haven't shared this yet. And many episodes ago, we were talking about things that we did as a kid and what's still a part of us. And I shared that I took tap for many, many years and actually did competitive tap and spent weekends at competitions and all that kind of stuff. But um, somehow, and I guess I could think just talking it out loud on the podcast, I got inspired to take an adult tap class. So I've only been due a few so far. I had to miss um, tonight's due to a special event for one of our kids that I could not miss. Um, so, you know, that was good supportive parent and all those fun things, but I missed my tap class and you know what, we've been having fun so far and it's really low pressure and it's really just kind of sharpening an old skill, which has kind of been fun. So, um, my couch crumb is that I missed it and I'm looking forward to next week, but also I'm kind of sharing that. There you go, guys. I did take the plunge and I am, um, 
certainly on the older end of the class, but I am there and I'm trying and, you know, I'm just, just stretching myself a little bit and sharpening an old skill. So. It, just, it just hit me. So yeah. you used to watch the show Dance Moms, right? And the, uh, and the of course people, I did. The people would, the kids would compete and stuff? Yeah. Yeah, Rick. So it was the same star power. No, no, no. No, what I'm saying oh. is you're, you're a student. And I kind of take care of you. Am I now your dance mom? Am oh I am gosh. I going to be yelled at? Or are you going to? Are we going to line up through the pyramid? Are oh you? Oh my gosh! I um. Yeah. Do I need to? Do I need you're to? Hilarious. Do I need to be worried about no. your hair bun and your extensions no, and stuff? Or no. What? Luckily, it is very low key, Richard. There is none of that, <laughs> okay, and this is okay. not competitive adult tap <laughs> by any means. This is uh. It's fun adult. It's tap. fun. It's kind of like, hey, you've never done or you haven't done tap in a while, or you did this as a kid and you haven't or, mm. but it seems like most of the ladies in the class have been with each other the last couple of years. And it's like this little kind of yeah. like a club. It's, it's, it's nice. It's, it's a relaxed environment. It's at the same performing arts school our daughter goes to, which makes it very um, enjoyable because yeah, we love it there. And uh, yeah. So couch crumb. I missed my tap class this week. Oh man. Mm. Next week. I'll be there next week. Yes. I promise. And with, that, that will be your prop your feet up moment. With shoes on. I'll be there. <laughs> All right. How about you? What is your crummy oh, crumb thing of the week? I got a bad one this week. So um, we have, I guess, an acquaintance of the family who um, is a teacher. We were talking about teachers earlier. And just had mom pass away. And I guess some people read um, you know, her obituary in the paper and decided to, why they were at the funeral, rob their house. Couch crumb. Yeah, we just found this news Unbelievable. Out. Just found it out. We don't know why somebody would do that to another human, especially when they're at already at a low. Yeah. But uh, talk about couch crumbs big yeah, time. Yeah, we, we just got hit with that very recently. So don't really know all the details, but that is really, really hard stuff to... Um, yeah, just to think that that's happening in our local community and yeah. and to to someone whose paths cross with ours and and you know our kids. So yeah, yeah, you feel uh, you feel it in your soul when yeah. stuff happens like that. Not only tragedy with a death, but tragedy for you know becoming a victim of a crime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, um, just kind of paused tonight on that one for sure. Yeah, it's tricky. Yeah, well, what we can do is. Pray for, you know, all yeah. involved and see how we can uplift, you know, those that are affected in our community. And I think that's on our hearts right now. So, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right. So we got to flip it. All right. We got to flip it. Yeah. We got to We got to end on the good note. Um, prop your feet up moment, Juliana. All right. So as a mom who works outside of the home and, you know, our intro into every single podcast alludes to the fact that we somehow always have a laundry mountain. Okay, we just do. Um, my prop your feet up this week is that our laundry mountain is a molehill at the moment. Nice. And also, our sink is empty. Like, dishes are done. Laundry is under control. And men and women who handle that in their household, I just want to just hear the you know applause because you could know what that feels like. And that, for me, doing the domestic things tends to fall on the most back burner of all back burners, especially those two, my least favorite being dishes. 
but that's my prop your feet up. The laundry's under control and the sink is empty and the dishwasher is empty. Boom. Boom. We try to stay on top of things, but guys, hey, come on. We do not always succeed. Yeah. This is not always a prop your feet up. No. This week, tonight, sitting here, there you go. There's your prop your feet up. Boom, so, baby. All right. Finish us on a high note, Richard. What is your prop? You're smiling, so this right. should be good. I got a good. I got, got a good story. Prop your feet. Okay, you ready? A few weeks ago, our son um, went to a travel soccer tournament. Mm-hmm. We get in on a Friday night. We're about three hours away from our home in Pennsylvania. We got to find a place to eat. It's about eight thirty at night, and so we funny. have, um, you know, on on the map. There's all kinds of like fast food places. And I didn't drive three hours to eat at a Taco Bell. <laughs> right. Okay. Although I like Taco Bell. I just, you know, when you're when you're traveling, you like to eat at, you know, places that you don't normally get a chance to eat. Um, so I'm looking and I see that close to our hotel, there's a Harley Davidson, you know, outlet. And by our Harley Davidson, there's like there, you know, our, our chain restaurants where we live. Okay. So at this Charlie Harley Davidson restaurant, there's a restaurant there in the same sort of area. And I told Lawson, I said, well, let's just go there. You know, let's just go there because it's probably well lit and that kind of thing. So anyway, we went, I, I don't want to say the name of the place, but we, we pull in mm-hmm. and we are the only, pretty much the only four wheeled vehicle in the lot. I'm following. Okay. okay. Yep. So we go up. And right away, within 10 seconds of me getting out of the car, I realized that we are walking into a full-fledged biker, biker bar. bar. with a 12-year-old boy <laughs> on a Friday night in a town you don't live it in. It is a Friday night. We're walking in and, you know, we're we're walking in. So it's like one of the old 80s movies, you know, like where the record goes, yeah. you know, and, and stops and everybody's staring at you. So now everybody is staring at us. So it's like, and, and Lawson can feel it. He's like, Dad, that guy over there is smoking. I'm like... Just hold your breath and smile and keep walking. We're going to go in. He wouldn't have okay? survived when we grew up. You, yeah, he wouldn't have. <laughs> so, yeah, because our son hates, he hates cigarettes the smell smoke, of like, cigarettes. Great, he just hates which is great. It. Yes, it is. It's yeah, fine. Yeah. I don't know what happened, but he does not like that. So anyway, we are getting stared at. We're getting daggers in us. And not because... Um, not because we're outsiders or or because we're not from that area. It's because we didn't roll up in a Harley. Got it. So we walk in and there's one table, um, you know, pretty pretty much you know right away from the bar, but it was right by a big screen TV. Okay, and I'm like lost, and they were playing a basketball game. He sits down and now he's smiling because now he's got something he can connect with, right? So anyway, the waitress comes over, you know, gives us the menu. I open them up. It's one of those sticky. You know, yeah, like yeah, sticky yeah. menus, yeah. like the, like a bowling alley menu, yeah, like, kind of. Yeah. you know, like because it had there's dried beer on it or something. So anyway, our son has food allergies, and I'm like, oh my gosh, so how are we gonna do this? So I'm like, hey, um, ma'am, uh, I said my son has food allergies, and uh, so anyway, he ordered a hamburger with no bun, and because we had traveled all day, I just wanted a salad. You got a salad out of so my car. So I got I got a Caesar salad with no croutons, <laughs> <laughs> and Lawson got a hamburger with no bun. And of course, you don't drink at all, so I'm sure no, you got a soda. No, no, I got got a, got a drink and a water, and and Lawson got a. He goes, yeah. Do you have any flavored teas? <laughs> <laughs> 
So, so anyway, long story They're short, like, no, young man. Yeah. So we're we're waiting, and he's wa- he's he's so he's watching the the, ba- the, the 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 he's watching the basketball game, and he realizes, you know, that everybody in this building mm-hmm. is different from him. Hmm. I realize he's the only kid in the building. Okay. Okay. Um, uh, under the age of maybe 23, 24. Got okay. It. So this these are these are seasoned bike riders this is like wild hogs if you ever seen that <laughs> yeah, yeah right yeah. you ever seen that when they go yeah, to with um yeah Tim Allen and, yeah yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. they go to um you know the bar that they burn down you know this is it's not quite to that level but it's it's close okay, okay? so anyway he during one of the commercials he notices now that where we are okay and he's like dad he's like everybody in here has a tattoo i'm like yeah it's okay tattoos are fine that's it's because dad look over there that guy, that guy has a mohawk. He has green hair. He has his beard braided, and he has a neck tattoo. And I'm like, yeah, he's probably one of the nicest guys in here. He's mm. like, Dad, he doesn't look very nice. Mm. I said, watch this. I said, hey man, how's it going? He's like, hey, how are you guys doing? I'm like, hey, we're fine. He goes, hey, did you get they taking care of you here? I'm like, yeah, yeah, everything's fine. He goes, all right, well, have a good night then. Mm. And I'm like, buddy, life lesson. Take a deep breath. We're okay. This is fine. This is going to be something, A, you never forget, and B, hopefully you realize that you can't judge people Hmm. just by what they look like. That's right. Okay? Right? So if we would have turned around in the parking lot, we would be judging. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. And when we walked in and sat down, if we would have not ordered what we normally would have, we would have been judging. If we're staring at everybody and how different they are, we would have been judging. But what we did is we went in, they had a guy playing guitar, live music, which was awesome. That's definitely right up my alley, and you would have loved it. And we sat, we had good company, and we ate our salads, and we ate our hamburgers with no bun. We ordered our drinks like we normally would have, and we took some selfies, and we made some memories. Mm-hmm. Also, we learned a lot about some Harley-Davidson bicycles. There you go. So, yeah, it was good stuff. That's definitely Prop a your feet up moment. Memorable prop your feet up, and... <laughs> I fortunately got a text of, of a selfie and it just said, I have a story for you later. And I was like, okay, this will be good. So it's, it's definitely yeah. like one of those moments that, uh, I'll never forget. And, yeah. um, yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah, anyway. That's cool. Well, Hey, I mean, it's a good example and it definitely reminds us that we can, um, be accepting and, and grow and learn a little bit along the way. You know, here's the deal. You know, you might be out there right now and you might be thinking that you have it all figured out. And you might know exactly who you are and who you're not. And that's important. But you can learn from other people. Yeah. You can grow from other people. And you can serve people that you wouldn't normally give them the time of day as long as you just take a deep breath, show up, and care. There right? You go. Full circle moment here on the on the go. victory couch. All right. I think that's true. I think that's uh, a good way to leave it today, Richard. I like that. I like that. So if you're out there and you haven't given us a review, do that. Okay, do it now before, you know, before we end. And also, you know, Julie and I, we, ex- we, we want our experience for you to be memorable and also to be thought-provoking. So if you were inspired in any way today, go out and serve other people. Mm-hmm. Be your best self. Show up. Care. And for goodness sake, always make room on your victory couch for an unexpected visitor. 
Absolutely. Yeah, you are welcome here. And we encourage you all to welcome people that maybe you're not used to having at your couch. So, hey guys, until next time, thank you so much for listening to the Victory Couch. We are super thrilled to have you. Go out there, be a light, and we will see you next time. See you guys. Bye. We are Rick and Julie Rando, and you've been listening to the Victory Couch podcast. You can follow The Victory Couch on Instagram, Facebook, and thevictorycouch.com. Count your lessons, your blessings, and your victories. We'll save a seat for you right here next time on The Victory Couch.